the blast from our past network. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human, something always watching, something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone? Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone, a dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Podcasting After Dark Presents TV Obscura. I am one-third of the TV Obscura team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined with me, as always, my brothers from other mothers. That was hard to say. Zach, the total snacket shaver, and Diallo, the Armageddon Jackson. What's up, boys? Just call me Zachary Fox for the rest of the episode. Oh, yeah. I'm Zachary Fox. That's very appropriate. <laughs> that is. That's very appropriate. Uh, Diallo, can I call you Hercules? Oh, yeah. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> Hercules. <laughs> and we're going to call Corey Primus. Primus for the rest of the episode. Nice. There we go. There we go. That way I can sing, Gerald was a race car driver, never drove so goddamn fast. Never get, never did get no checkered flag, but never did come in last. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Ooh, hey. Yeah. So, guys Primus. and gals, I hope Primus. Eh? There we go. Uh, Jack and Coke. Jack and Coke. <laughs> this week, as you all can probably <laughs> guess, since last uh, last episode was a live action one, and we had a blast talking about G versus E and all that good stuff. But this week. We're doing some cartoons, baby. We're uh, we're hitting. Oh yeah. We're hitting three decades: the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Wow. Which is? Gee, I wonder who's gonna hit each decade. <laughs> this is a this is a mystery to me. <laughs> I think it is too. So, we are talking 1978's The Freedom Force, which I think was a uh, dialogue. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was like a sub cartoon in a bigger cartoon block. Yes, it was. Okay. It was also really hard to find information on, so because I kept getting directed towards that PC game from the early 2000s of the same name, but with no connection whatsoever. Whatsoever, yeah. It's, uh, it's a little confusing, but I'll go into it. You'll, you'll dive into it. So Diallo's going to be taking us through that one, <laughs> of course, in the 70s. Uh, Zach is going to be bringing in the 80s with The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. No guts, no glory. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> We're taking a stand, ready to prove it again. Wow! Yeah, big shocker there that I'm covering the 80s. 
<laughs> of course. Dude, it's the best. The best. <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. And I will be discussing one of my all-time favorite cartoons that only, you know, survived like 13 episodes. The Pirates of Darkwater, 1991. Boo for only 13 episodes. Yeah, Travesty. Travesty. Boo. I know. All, all three of God. these cartoons are, in my opinion, excellent. And I cannot wait... Yes. To dive into them, but real quick before we do, I just want to say make sure you all go out there and listen to the First Noel Chronicles by our pal Diallo. He is still uh, putting out episodes, even though it's not Christmas anymore. It's an ongoing story and podcast, so please go check that out. And as always, please go check out $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. Those guys are always rocking and rolling over there. I have nothing else to say. I love you both. I love you both, and I love the blank stares that I get from both of you. Oh, and go, and go check out Cartwright, the <laughs> Seinfeld cool. podcast. Thanks, buddy. Thank and everybody you. on the BFOP network. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, without further ado, Diallo, please help me figure out like the, the Freedom Force. Well, what What is this whole thing? Where did it come from? And why was it not in my life for until just now? Because wow, oh, wow, ISIS is hot as fuck. <laughs> well people would be the, like isis wait what i know yeah, right yeah, yeah right <laughs> we are not referring to the uh the terrorist organization we are referring to the mythical character i guess you could say or you could be referring to isis love the uh a performer is that porn star I guess you're going to look that up now, aren't you? <laughs> now it's your turn to get the blank stares from us. Yeah. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I don't either. And for once, I'm not the sleazy one. So, okay. <laughs> hey, I've only heard things. I've heard things. <laughs> Terry Chapman, who listens. He, he knows. He knows. He's he calling them out. <laughs> I am. And he's going to be like, dude. <laughs> Watch this be the episode that like he listens to and from his wife or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right diallo the freedom force 1978 a great year because that's the year i was born oh perfect that's why i picked it i know that's why you picked yeah it. <laughs> that's why you missed it yeah i mean listen i was uh watching tv at the time and like i almost missed it because as we said um the freedom force it was in 1978 there were only five episodes and wow um yeah and they were actually so it was actually a part of um and i've talked about this before um it was a part of tarzan and the super seven so tarzan by filmation came out the following year um they tagged a bunch of other shows that were that came in like 15 10 minute um snippets um, and then they also added uh, at a certain point, it might have been the, uh, the next year, uh, the new adventures of Batman, which introduced myself to the concept of Batmite. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, he was like the little side character in that show. So, um, so I, I don't mean to cut you off. So is, are you referring to the Tarzan cartoon that we discussed last year that, that you brought? Yes. So this is connected to that. Okay. Yes. Yes. So they had that Tarzan show and then they, um, and then the, the next season they had like Tarzan and the super seven. So it went from like a just Tarzan to like an hour, hour and a half show. And they would show on the super seven. They had, um, uh, Manta and Moray who, um, 
uh, Moray was, I think it was Moray, is the is uh, one of my um, TV crushes. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember that, yes. <laughs> go, yeah. go listen to our, our TV Obscure episode, our, our cartoon crushes from our youth. And uh, I do remember you bringing her up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, Super Stretch and Micro- Micro Woman was another one. Um, Web Woman was another one. Um, like I said, New Adventures of Batman. And another one, which I'm sure either myself i think maybe zach might take this at some point um is jason of star command um oh yeah i love yeah. that show yeah that was that was amazing that's that's one that with our boy like, sid Haig. yeah sid Haig was in it yeah uh but anyways yeah and so the other one of the other shows on there was the freedom force um so the freedom force um even though there were only five episodes, it had a really big impact on me for I don't know what reason. I guess in your little, like, seven-year-old brain, five episodes feels like a hundred, you know? So it took place in sort of like this interdimensional section um, that was called the Valley of Time. And Isis creates it, and she brings these other heroes together. Um, so it's Merlin, Sinbad, Hercules, and another character called the Super Samurai, who, like, in my opinion, I remember as kids, he was sort of, he was sort of like the, the, the breakout star of the show. Like, all of us kids really loved to pretend to be Super Samurai. Um, Badass. Yeah. yeah. And uh, another little t- look, I think a little bit of history behind it, obviously, Filmation made the show... Filmation also made live-action Shazam, and a spinoff from live-action Shazam was The Mighty Isis. And so they turned that live-action character into the cartoon character for this show. And also, there was another show called The Space Sentinels that was um, animated um, the year prior, and it featured these sort of like teens... Um, one of them was named Astra. Another one was Mercury. And they were all based on, like, gods. And then the last one was Hercules. And so that next season for Tarzan of the Super 7, they brought Hercules into the Freedom Force show. So it's like um, Freedom Force is kind of like a spinoff of two different shows. So, yeah, it was um, voiced by... <laughs> it's actually kind of funny... Michael Bell, who, um, you know, he played Grouchy Smurf, uh, Lance and Sven from Voltron, but most notably, he uh, did Duke from G.I. Joe. And um, my favorite character that he played was he played um, an acting coach on um, an episode of Three's Company. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a legit military guy, too. He served in the armed forces i'm not sure what division but he he is a military guy a veteran oh cool very cool yep i just remember years ago like you know it was like when i was watching reruns of three's company in the 80s and i was watching this one episode and i was like man that guy's voice is really familiar he sounds like duke (laughs) and then i looked him up and sure enough it was the same guy my mind was blown he is duke (laughs) yeah he is it is duke (laughs) He also, I found out he was he's he was the voice director from another show. I think we did on on here, the Kid Video, which is a oh yeah yep. yeah yeah yeah. Um, he was also, um, I think he might have been 
one of the voice directors for uh, Transformers the movie as well, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Something to do with that. He was the one who told a crazy story at a Transformers screening that Orson Welles was impossible to work with. <laughs> that sounds about right. Like I mean, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guy, yeah. I mean, he's the director of uh, whatever. Citizen Kane? <laughs> whatever. Yeah, Citizen, Citizen yeah whatever. Trunk. Whatever that movie is. <laughs> Citizen he's like, whatever. Citizen whatever. And then he goes to slum it with some transforming <laughs> robots. Some, some, some filthy fucking nerds. <laughs> Slumming it Citizen with nerds. Who gives a shit. It's, we're talking Transformers here, people. I mean, Tran- my Citizen movie is, is on the number one list of movie, the greatest movies ever made, and you want me to do voice for some cartoon? <laughs> some giant fucking robot? <laughs> you want me me to say hot rod again <laughs> fuck you Rose i make butt. art how about that bitch <laughs> what's a galvatron <laughs> fern Dinobots. Fern, fern's fuck freaking you. out right now <laughs> rosebud <laughs> anyway um and so michael bell actually i actually found this funny when i was doing the research for this he actually voiced almost all the uh the male characters on the show so he, so he voiced merlin sinbad and super samurai which was actually interesting because super samurai sort of like um so he he's a character named toshi who's like a little boy and he turns into a giant um, with the deeper voice. So I thought it was interesting that he actually voiced the kid and all of the adults. So obviously he's talented. Um, he's super talented. Yeah. And then uh, Diane Pershing, um, she voiced Isis. And we've talked about her before on this show podcast, too, because she voiced Dale Arden on Flash Gordon, amongst okay, other cool. things. Cool. Um, yeah, so, and uh, one other really notable thing that I um, love about this is that um, the writer of the last episode um, is Buzz Dixon, who we know as oh. one of the great writers of G.I. Joe, and yeah. another show that we've talked on, I think it was on my first episode, I think, um, was uh, The Mighty Orbots, who he yeah. he was a written hit writer. So, yeah, um, Freedom Force, uh, I... Um, it there were like there were only five episodes, about ten minutes long. It was very like loosely, um, uh, how do I say? It? it was like very loosely based, so that you can kind of have any story that you want. There's one episode where there's like some dragons people come in. Um, there's an episode of Sinbad sailing out in the ocean. It's just like they can just kind of do whatever kind of story they wanted to do. Um, and because it's filmation, obviously it's always about, um, you know, learning some kind of valuable lesson. Um, Toshi slash super samurai feels alone because he's the only, he's the only kid in the group and he runs into this other kid who is kind of jealous of him and, um, his power and he gets the power of what Scarlet Samurai who's kind of like a foil to super samurai thought that I thought all that stuff was cool as a kid. And again, Super Samurai, if you ever get a chance to check this show out, Super Samurai is actually, like, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, is in some ways, he was like uh, Shazam, where it was that sort of wish fulfillment of the kid being able to turn into uh, a giant by saying magic word. It's also, you know, wish fulfillment of being a kid and having Isis walk around in the shortest skirt ever with the longest <laughs> legs you've ever seen. <laughs> and playing hide-and-go-seek with Toshi as well, so. 
Yeah, I, uh, when I, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And, I mean, I was, you're, I was very innocent as a child. Uh, <laughs> I was the opposite. <laughs> Clearly. Um, <clears throat> but I will say, like, you know, I, I will say, uh, you know, at some point, I, I will definitely be doing ISIS, and I will go into it more. Um, but, you know, she, between her and Linda Carter, um, I definitely like learn some uh, some things about myself when I saw... <laughs> <laughs> and uh aaron gray on buck rogers yes oh and aaron gray oh, yeah. yeah i was a big aaron gray fan too oh yeah and the other woman on that show on buck rogers the uh, the queen she was she was hot yeah oh, queen yeah. ardala yeah she was on um another show that i like keep i keep thinking of doing is um she was on matt houston uh pamela oh, yeah. yes that's right what's her name pamela hensley i think yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta do Matt Houston. I yeah, love me some yeah. Lee Horsley. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking about Matt Houston for for a while. I think it was uh, ever since the Voyagers episode. We've been talking about doing that one. I got an yeah. idea. We could do episode uh, shows set in Texas because I'll do Houston Nights with Michael Pere and Michael Beck. There you <laughs> <Nice>. go. <laughs> and then Corey, you could do some Texas show. <laughs> some Walker, Texas Ranger. Texas. <laughs> Fuck that. Fucking Texas. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Well, I like it, though. That's a good idea, though. Friday Night Lights is a little too... Uh, too mainstream. Friday Night Lights is a little too, yeah, mainstream. But that's, now, Corey, that that's your one. task, is to, is to find a show that has either an actor from Texas or it's centered in Texas or something. Well, t- yeah, or I can just, like, what, take uh, Dynasty and then, you know, the show that killed every single one of our, our TV Obscure shows. Or, or Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Or it was Dallas. It was Dallas, yeah. 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 <laughs> or a character who wears a cowboy hat throughout. How about that? Oh, shit. I already, I already did Briscoe County Jr., goddammit. <laughs> Do it again. Do, Do it again. again. Hey, I got no people, problem with that at all. People don't people don't listen to episodes twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I uh, I really enjoyed Freedom Force. I, I didn't really know what to expect and at first i thought it was it was kind of interesting because they just the very first episode they just throw you into it and you've got like a warring faction of people riding you know uh, dragons against people flying airplanes and they're throwing a bunch of information at you that like oh the people flying airplanes like took this from the future but yet it looks like wright brothers stuff it's so (laughs) it was a lot to take in but once like the dust sort of like settled i was like wow this is really kind of like cool like some really cool ideas a really an open playing field with this whole like land of the time that you can just or land of lost time or whatever it is that you can just kind of go off and do anything with um i liked all the character designs i thought hercules was really cool looking he kind of looked different than i ever thought he kind of looked or was gonna look um i want to say he kind of looks like the reboot of he-man when he-man goes out into space you know but he looked better. This Hercules with longer looked better. Hair. Yeah. yeah, with the longer hair and everything. Uh, Isis was the standout winner, of course, because she was hot as fuck. Uh, but <laughs> Super Samurai was really fucking cool, even though he kind of has a lame name. But I, I dug what he was about. I mean, I liked him being a kid and everything, and I could see how you could sort of relate to that. Um, Filmation, you know, we all, at this point, I think we can all just say that we all just love Filmation stuff. Or Three of us are big fans of Filmation. And I just I love seeing filmation stuff. The animation I thought was almost as good as as uh, the Tarzan one. I thought the Tarzan one was a bit better, but not by much. Like that that doesn't mean the quality of this was down or anything. But one of the things that I really enjoyed 
the ten, like the ten, like about eleven minute runtime that these that these episodes were. I felt like it got to the point a lot faster, and it incorporated the moral into the actual story as opposed to, and I know this is a, a bad equation, but as opposed to like G.I. Joe, where they just tack the moral on at the end, you know, or, or He-Man, where they sort of tack the moral on at the end, I really like the fact that the whole episode is the moral and, and the setup for, for the, the what they're trying to teach and everything. Uh, the one with Toshi, Super Samurai, fighting the other kid, you know, that, that the other kid's supposed to learn that you can't rush these things, like you can't rush growing into your power and stuff like that, which is essentially means you can't rush growing up. And then the whole, um, you know, the whole episode that How to Train Your Dragon ripped off, uh, they, uh, you know, they had to learn a lesson of like, you know, resolving problems uh, without, you know, conflict and everything. And I just, I thought it was sweet, but in not in a bad way, not in a way that that turned me off, but a way that I wished more cartoons did this. And I liked, I just, I liked the fact that the moral was incorporated into the story. And I thought that was really nice and really well done. And each one of these episodes, you know, 11 minutes a pop, easy to consume, easy to digest. And uh, I think they were fun. And if you don't like one, I'm sure you're going to like the next one. Just move on to the next one. But I, I, I had a blast with it. I thought it was really fucking cool, to be honest with you. So, Zach, what did you think, buddy? Yeah, I really liked it too. Um, uh, I have many thoughts that sentiments that you've already echoed, but I'll but I'll kind of expand on a few of those. Um, yeah, filmation is a workhorse. Like for those of you that are not familiar with filmation, they they were really a like groundbreaking for their time, producing not just animated stuff but live action too. And they were churning and they had a lot of different properties, you know, like Diallo said, Batman, Tarzan, uh, Flash Gordon. I mean, like big name shit that people nowadays, Disney owns all of it pretty much, but uh, except for Flash Gordon. <laughs> right. But they will. No, they probably do, because if Fox owns the rights to Flash or is that universal? That's universal. Anyways. Um, yeah. Filmation was so phenomenal and 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 yeah they recycled kind of you know tropes or styles but what was so fun about it was like they were all really unique in 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 the fact that these different characters and this one in particular is really cool i think i agree with you i think hercules looked cool he actually looked more like a like a Greek god in this than I think I've seen him in other things. Yeah, because like he's, um, you normally just see him wearing like you know just the underwear or something. He actually <laughs> had, he had a cape. He had like you know pants and stuff. He looked he was awesome. But if you showed me in a lineup, I wouldn't have been like, oh, that's Hercules, you know. But I liked yeah. it better than than what we think Hercules looks like. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I think um, the super super samurai reminded me so much of the Shogun warriors back in the day. And he mm-hmm. had that look to him. I'm like, I want to play with that toy. Like, where are the toys for that? Yeah. You know, make a uh, and, and I love the the idea that specifically in the first episode, they dealt with um, like religion and science not getting along yeah. and how the two of them may not disagree, may not agree on everything, but they need to kind of coexist. And that's deep shit for 1978, if you think about it. I mean, 
it, I guess it's not deep for its time. It, it just came back around. And, you know? and you're right. And, and <laughs> that's a that's a good point. Like she, ISIS didn't make them say one is right over the other. She was like, "You guys are both right. You're also both wrong. And the world yeah. is big enough to like to to you can make mistakes. It's okay, but you need to learn to get along." It, I loved that. That was such. That was so awesome. Yeah, it it really is, and and I think I'm gonna stop saying ahead of its time because I have a feeling that, especially with the state of the world as it is, everything's cyclical. So at some point, we've already covered this, whether it be in an, in another multiverse dimension or <laughs> you know, because we're doing things now that I'm like, oh, I, we did that already 50 years ago. Didn't we get over that already? No, we're doing it all over again. So unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess in this case, it's cool that they have a, a trope that is uh, relevant in today's society. And uh, I do want to comment on a couple things. So yeah, in the first episode, uh, the leader of the Dragon Riders, I think his name's like Al, Al Hanori. He's, um, he's a dick. He's a dick. I wrote that's exactly what I wrote. I can show you my notes on my phone. I wrote he's that an too. Asshole to his son. Dick. Yeah, he's an asshole to his son. He he's like no wonder the the science faction wants to rebel against him because he's an asshole. Second of all, uh it's kind of cool that dudes are wearing chaps. Uh yeah, yes. dragon riders yeah. are wearing chaps. They're wearing like these suede leather chaps. It's, they're pretty hot. Um and the voice acting, yeah, like Diallo said, is awesome. Uh, it's really entertaining. This feels like a show that, like, C Lab 2021 uh, would like <laughs> redo, you know, with with kind of just goofing on bits because there's moments in this that it's just, you know, it's 1978, guys, and it's filmation, so it is silly. Um, but from a nostalgia perspective, it's a shit ton of fun. And the fact that, yeah, they're only 10 minutes each or 11 minutes in change. You can get through this whole series in one sitting. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it reminds me, you know, when we get to my show, we'll talk more about this, but you know, oftentimes people will kind of animation purists will, uh, will crap on, shows that were just about promoting a toy, right? Or selling a toy. And I get that. I totally get that. It shouldn't be about selling the toy. But for a little kid watching a show like this, I don't know one kid that wouldn't want to hold the toys in their hands and play out the scenes while this is going down. I mean, that's the most, that's the fun part of watching cartoons when you're a kid is like reenacting this shit. So, um, Zach, I wish they had a toy line for it. Is you, what I'm saying. You just unlocked a memory as you were talking about oh, the toys. You're I welcome. totally forgot about this. <laughs> did did like, you get was, total uh, recalled? Uh, yeah, like literally was like I watched all the episodes and you know like was prepping for this. And when you were talking about the toys, I totally forgot. So I used to have that back in the seventies. I had that like um, the larger version. I had like a Han. Chewbacca, Han Solo, and Luke Skywalker. Um, yeah. I think they were yep. twelve inches. Yeah, and um, yep. I had those. and I made that. I I remember I made that Luke Skywalker into Hercules. I totally oh, cool. forgot oh. about that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like you know, I took his shirt off, and um, I had I remember <laughs> I had a 
like, I don't know what they, it was like some kind of fabric softener sheets that, but they were really kind of (laughs) fluffy and I made it into the blue cape that he had. There you go. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. So you, you were just talking about that now. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the whole point that you wanted uh, those toys. Yeah. And then another thing too, now that, cause I am really, like it's really unlocking um, yeah. so in, <laughs> I, I can see it on your face. You're like, Ugh. yeah, I was like, oh my God, I can't this totally forgot I, I did this. Yeah, this is what, what I, I do. do. <laughs> um, so on Space Sentinels, Hercules just like he flew like on his own, him and the, but in Super Tarzan and the Super Seven, he had a Pegasus flying horse. And I had yes. another toy that I remember having was the Lone Ranger, and I had silver, and I used to use silver i might have made wings for the pegasus and for the hercules toy that's so like wow i can't those toys were was remco did remco put those toys out or i don't even i don't even remember i have no idea i i'm thinking well i don't know if it was kenner to put out the the star wars ones but i think remco put out the 12 inch alien toy they did. I'm trying to think about who put out the uh, the. You're talking about the three and three quarter uh, Lone Ranger. Figures, oh no no right? no! Not the, the three and three ones. quarter. It was like a big one. They were like twelve. Like I remember 12 that Diallo. Something. I remember the big uh, Lone Ranger toys. They were the yeah. like the oh. Mego ones or whatever. I don't think they Mego made cool. them, but they were that size, right? Yeah, they were about the same size as I think as like the um that those larger Star Wars um, yeah. figures. Wow, cool. Um, yeah, I, they, I remember they the, did have the, the smaller the, the smaller ones. I, I do remember those. Those um, are great. And I think those were like Rimco, I, like you said, I, I believe. Yeah, but, I um, think they were. Yeah, anyways, right. that, I just like, as you were talking, I totally, totally like, wow, oh yeah. <laughs> I unlocked it. Achievement unlocked. Well, yeah, so, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the, this show in particular is probably the most like nostalgic from a young kid's perspective. Um, like Saturday morning cartoon, watch this is the warm up show before you hit, you know, you get into the real like darker stuff because it's light. There's a happy ending. I miss filmation moral messages at the end. I love it. I, I wish they did this. I, di- I wish, you know, I'm sure there are shows out there that do this, but I just like that, you know, in today's episode, you reflected on blah, 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 blah. But this all wrapped it up in 10 minutes. So, uh, I mean, I'm a fan. Yeah. I never watched it before this, but I will now. Yeah. Another, I, another thing, Zach, that you you were talking about, um, like with the messages and having all of the uh, sort of like moral, the morals going throughout the episode. I have a similar thought when I was watching them a few days ago, because as I was watching them, and I think I've expressed this on this podcast before, how it always makes me laugh, not funny laugh today, when people complain about things being quote unquote woke or whatever their complaint is yeah. about inclusion. <laughs> I'm watching these shows because I remember, I'm always remembering like we watched the same, like some of the people that I grew up with are complaining about that stuff. But I'm like, we watched the same thing in the 70s and 80s. The show Space Sentinels had a black woman that was one of the gods. Um, this show literally was teaching you all the kind messages and the ways to be a good member of society. And yet somehow 
they forgot about it or didn't pick up on that. I don't know what it is, but when Here's they, the like you said, it turns, yeah, like maybe, like it, but like it comes full circle and now they're acting like they're surprised that, you know, there's a black stormtrooper or something. It's the worst yeah. thing that could ever happen in the world. But this yeah. is stuff that has continuously gone on for decades. And it's been here all along. Yeah. It's been here all along. I think just, you know, certain people get on a soapbox and they go, well, no, that that person's annoying, so I don't want to, that, that, that they made a bad name for everybody or whatever. It's all been out there. It's all been out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, it's just it's it mind It's all cyclical. Yeah, it's it's cyclical. It all goes in waves. Which, which means we're gonna have filmation's gonna come back around. And thank you. Yeah, and we're gonna get awesome shows so. like this again because I I think there is so much room in this world for a show like this now. Um, even if it's just on like a web series or something, God, I would just love like show like animation styles like this to come back, you know, and messages like this to come back. Zach, I'm with you. I, I never watched it before now. I never heard about it before now. I absolutely loved it. I, I loved it so much. And it's because it, it warmed my cold, dead heart. That's <laughs> why i loved it there specifically like in the the episode where toshi you know has has his friend gets the the scarlet samurai his friend is talking to his dad and as he goes to his dad he goes father is there some magic that can make me big and strong and his dad goes yes time and i was like that's so fucking awesome like that's such a you know what i mean like it's just it's just don't grow up so quickly you know like you'll get there just slow down and and again i think I love the fact that the morals and the message was built into the story itself. And I think that this show would just hold, it holds up well now it's, it still holds up. And I think you can be happy showing it to your kid. And I think you can feel, you know, secure in knowing that they'll, they'll get a good product visually and they'll get a moral message. Uh, Diallo, my only question is at this point, are all these characters essentially, um, public domain at this point or do, does a company own them? Do does someone own Hercules in Sinbad and stuff like that? Well, so I think like, you know, whoever like film, I don't know if filmation is Zach probably knows like if they're still an entity, they own the the version, whoever owns the rights owns the version of this. But I do think I think all of the characters are in public domain, Um, except for Super Samurai. I think he was the only one that was like um, like a current one for that one. Okay, yeah. But everything else was just yeah, Sinbad and um, Hercules. So so we could make a a Hercules cartoon, but we couldn't make it look like this version of it. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Diallo, great pick, bro. Great pick. It was a it was a beautiful show. Absolutely amazing. And I mean that not just visually. I mean the soul of it was beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I yeah, I actually was thinking about it. Uh, like you know, if I had kids, I was like, oh yeah, this is the kind you could. I could literally show my kid this cartoon and not feel worried that they were going to be getting right. anything that was scary or anything. It de- it definitely was made for kids, and I was obviously in that uh, the sweet spot for that show when it came out. So it was it was good memories. Zach, what's the Bodie rating on this one? He didn't like it because <laughs> he, well, you know, granted, uh, he, there was a show he did want to watch tonight. And I said, oh, I got to watch the, the TV Obscura cartoons first. And he's like, OK. 
so we finished we finished this one and i said okay there's there's one more to watch after this and he goes Oh, good. Oh. That was... He's all about he... uh, in-game, though. I mean, like, if I had watched in-game yeah. at, at 7, I probably would find this boring myself. Yeah, this, this, is a, this, is a kid, this is a kid who's stimulated right now. Well, I mean, look, but he's a retro kid, too. So, he, he you know, he's, he's a retro kid in the sense that he loves G.I. Joe again. Thank the gods. Uh, so we're knee-deep in G.I. Joe. I think G.I. Joe is as far back as he wants to go right now. Um, but on the Bodie, on the Bodie rating, he didn't give me a number on this one, but I'm going to say probably a three. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, nice. I, you know, he, I can see him giving it a zero. I know Bodie well enough to know that when he's not into something, he will let you know. Well, but there were there, but no, I, I'll tell you why there were moments that he did like, because there's one scene where the little dragon rider shit. Uh, gets flamed in the ass, and uh, and Bodhi was laughing out loud over that. He did like the Super Samurai character; he thought that was cool, and um, you know the the martial arts aspect to it. You know, deflecting your opponent and not you know using their their size against your size, basically. Uh, and just because someone's bigger than you doesn't mean they're better than you. He can relate to all that stuff. Yeah. So that'll that'll knock it up a few notches. So there you go. Okay. 2.5. 2.5. <laughs> 2.5. <laughs> hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. On the winter solstice, when the lasting darkness threatens to descend upon the land of Atalan once united, Magi in training, Wilt Garen, and his shepherd, warrior in training, Bredain Adair, must find an ancient lost weapon before the ultimate ancient evil returns to the world of Aeos. Hi there, I'm Adiella Jackson, writer of the First Noel's Chronicle podcast. The First Noel is an epic, family-friendly adventure told in serialized form. Think of it as Lord of the Rings meets, well, Christmas. Join us each week for the next thrilling chapter of The First Noel, now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and all major podcasting apps, as well as Kindle Vela if you want to take a read. Thanks, and see you in Adelan. The winter tell is almost here. And now, back to the show. All right. Well, I'll be curious to see what he thinks of Galaxy Rangers. Zach, why don't you take us to it? I have a long history with this show, as Diallo does as well. But um, uh, I'll, I'll quickly do two things. One, I'll say this. In 2086, two peaceful aliens journeyed to Earth, seeking our help. In return, they gave us the plans for our first hyperdrive, allowing mankind to open the door to the stars. We have assembled a team of unique individuals to protect Earth and our allies. Courageous pioneers committed to the highest ideals of justice and dedicated to preserving law and order across the new frontier. These are the adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. Somewhere in the future, far away from... I won't, I won't sing the whole thing because this is not karaoke night at Dimples. Um, however, callback to back in the day, Dimples. Great karaoke bar in Burbank. Um, the song of the Galaxy Rangers is quite possibly... No, not quite possibly, is the greatest theme song to any cartoon ever. 
in the history of cartoons. That's my hot take. Um, These are no the guts, no glory. Of the Galaxy Rangers. <laughs> so, if anybody just joining us is like, what the hell is he rambling about? Yeah, The Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers was a 65 episode show. One season, 65 syndicated episodes. 65, you guys. Wow. Like, let's get that through our heads now that people who are kind of younger that listen to our show, 65 freaking episodes of a cartoon that no one really knows about. No one outside of the cool kids. So if you know about this cartoon, you're a cool kid. You're welcome because I just called you cool. Um, This was a show that aired from 86 to 89, roughly. Uh, It was it was an app for me. I think it was after school on like TV 44 or TV 36. I'm trying to remember which station it was. Diallo and I both grew up in the Bay Area. Yeah, for me, it was 44. I think it was 44. Yeah, Yeah. this was the uh, one of the first um, Japanese style animated shows that was produced in the United States, mostly produced in the in the United States. Um, the cartoon itself, I'll get to the plot and all that stuff in a minute, but, um, it, well, I basically gave you the plot because I read the intro to the, the show. Um, <laughs> I do love it, when, when show intros just tell you the plot of the show. That, that is the best. It's, it's a yeah, lost this art intro, form. <laughs> yeah. Really this is. intro is probably like a minute and a half or, or a minute long for every single episode a minute of solid gold <laughs> it's solid gold the and, and here's the thing too um this is a show that it's oftentimes case in point like thundercats for example has an amazing animated intro far superior than anything you saw at the time and then the episode starts and the animation's kind of ho-hum this was different this every single episode pretty much looks as good as the opening to the show. Yup. Um, so, so I gave you the premise: these two aliens come to Earth, seeking support from this evil, uh, the Crown Empire, led by the Queen of the Crown, who looks fucking cool. Like every single villain looks really cool. The alien heroes—they're kind of creepy. To be honest with you, like the good guys, so quote unquote, are kind of creepy. But anyways, the, the 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 show's premise is about these five galaxy rangers that battle the crown, uh, the evil empire, basically like a, a rough Star Wars kind of element to it with the empire. But there's an underlying storyline that is frustrating to me because it it starts the first episode out carries on for a few episodes after and then just kind of goes away and unfortunately never got resolved. Are you talking about him trying to find his wife uh, out there or whatever? Okay. Yeah. So the five, uh, like I said, the show centers on five galaxy Rangers that go on adventures there. And a lot of the episodes are one-offs. You could watch it at any point in time and be, and know what's going on. Um, The characters are Zachary Fox, he has, uh, and all of the Galaxy Rangers are endowed with some sort of ability um, that has been kind of uh, genetically altered to their DNA or their body. Zachary Fox has like this bioelectrical arm that he can use to kind of produce like energy blasts. 
there's Shane Gooseman. My man. Shane is, that was my guy. <laughs> so yeah, oh yeah. Shane is very much based on a Clint Eastwood character. Yeah. He's the yeah. he's the Clint Eastwood uh, kind of stereotype uh, or, or prototype, I guess. He has a like a freezing condition. He can he can um, he can freeze people. He can absorb energies. He has the ability to heal. There's Nico, who is an archaeologist, and she's got psychic abilities. Uh, she's hot. There you go. Another people yep. are like you guys <laughs> yep, are so sexist. <laughs> You're so sexist. Um, then there's Doc, who is a like computer genius, and he's got his ability is. Um, he can he can like produce weird like uh, uh, effects called tweakers and he's got like other mind control type things he's a computer wizard he very much looks like lando calrissian yeah he definitely definitely did look like lando yeah so so this show centers on these guys but the opening episode the one we kind of are talking about today um centers on zachary fox and he's flying through space with his family they get attacked, and his wife uh, gets kidnapped by the queen and put under a spell and held hostage. And that's kind of the, the premise for the next several episodes where there, his character goes out searching for his wife but aligned with the Galaxy Rangers, right? And they go on adventures. They go to different planets. They encounter different bad guys good guys but then they have to but but there's this constant theme of trying to get his his wife back um unfortunately that story that storyline never got completed it just petered out and you'd think after 65 episodes they would have figured this out but they never did which is really a bummer in between that bummer is the fact that zachary fox is voiced by Jer- uh, jerry orbach who many people will know from dirty dancing and law and order Right. The guy is a legend. And one of the faults, I think, and it's because maybe the the it may have something to do with it being, uh, you know, a Japanese animation produced show is the voice acting doesn't always it's not as effective as I think it could be. Um, The emotions are sometimes flat when they deliver lines, but that could be just it reminds me in some ways of like Robotech in that sense. Um, they incorporate, but they do incorporate like computer animation in scenes, which is really cool. It was one of the first shows to ever really do that to kind of push that envelope of like, okay, we're going to do some computer digital effects as well. Um, it's, you know, it play, it's also got a level of violence that is, seems more intense, I think for its time, like 1986, we're talking GI Joe was still popular at this time. Um, people were not getting killed. You don't see people get killed per se, but it. I think it's implied that a lot of the aliens and characters do blow up and die. Yeah, and some of them get like knocked out into space, and no one picks them up. So I'm assuming they <laughs> <Nope>. die. <laughs> Still there. This isn't Dark Star. They're not going to surf to a planet. Exactly. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our Dark Star episode, go check out our Patreon exclusive uh, Carpenter deep dive on Patreon.com/slash/PodcastingAfterDark. Thank you. Go check that out. Anyways, um, as I was saying, there's lots of really cool characters on the show. The animation is sub-superior to so much of of the other stuff at the same time. Um, The soundtrack, the music is phenomenal. It was, uh, 
you know, a lot of people, myself included, thought, oh, this must be Haim Sabin, right? This must be like the guys behind Mask and He-Man and all the other songs that we love from that time uh, or the or the theme music that we love from, from that time. But not, but it's not. The people that did this music were um, Phil Phil Goldstone and John Van Tongeren. Sounds like a Dr. Flesh. Van Ostrin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Phil Goldstone, this fun fact, the guy who did the music for this show, he went on to do the music for movies like Speed, for example. Um, he also went on to do the music for Armageddon, uh, one of the composers for Armageddon, and Predators. So the guy's no slouch when it comes to music. It's iconic, in my opinion, the theme song for this show. It, to me, it's like the best part of the show is the, is the theme music. And and, and I didn't, the, I wasn't ripping on it when I said it sounds like Highway to the Danger Zone. It has like, no, it has a like a little bit of a, there's, there's some <laughs> sort of beat there that kind of like is how it sort of starts, but it does go in a different way. But I'll say every time it comes on, I got excited. Like it was, it pumped me up. It's a great theme song. Yeah. Well, you're, you're not wrong in that, in, um, if you play the two songs in the beginning, Highway to the Danger Zone or Danger Zone, you know, it has the same opening to, like that. Yeah. Like that kind of beat to it. It's almost the exact same beat. It might be a little bit faster, a little bit slower. Yeah. One of the one of the songs at the end of the show is called Rangers Ride Forever. Rangers and it's by forever. a it's by a band called uh, a band called FM. And they were kind of a big UK uh, rock band back in the day, which is badass. There's like blistering guitar throughout this whole show, yeah. which reminds me of Robotech in many ways because Robotech had a killer soundtrack as well. Um, there's a there's a there's a guy on SoundCloud named DJA. I've shouted this out on Two Dollar Late Fee, but I might and I may have said it on Podcasting After Dark as well. He makes these mixes called Blood Brother Mixes, and Diallo knows them, Corey knows them. Many of our listeners probably know them, but if you don't, go to SoundCloud and just, or go on YouTube and type in Blood Brother Mix, and he takes the song, the, the power, um, Galaxy Ranger song, and puts it in one of the mixes. It's so badass. It's a great, like, workout song. Anyways, I don't want to gush too much because I know Diallo has a lot to say about it as well, and I know Corey does too, but this show is phenomenal. Um, there are some really cool episodes. There's one episode where Zachary Fox, his arm gets possessed, so to speak, and he has to battle it. Um, there's some heavy shit in some of these episodes and it's intense at times. I don't think this is a cartoon. I showed this cartoon to Bodhi when he was like five and it was too intense. Too intense. I've showed it to him now and he loves it. He, did he, did like, you watch it on, can, on this go around? He did. And he wanted to watch more episodes of it. Okay. So, so he uh, liked this one then. Yeah, the, he just thought the animation was really cool, and um, and and the level of violence is cool. Like, there's <laughs> he's not wrong. You know? <laughs> he's not wrong at all. <laughs> the Galaxy Rangers are badass, and oh, they they ride these cool mechanical horses. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that talk as well, and there's a level of humor 
throughout that's really good. Um, yeah, in, the, one fir- of the, in the first episode where the pirate captain spits out his coffee and like the there's like this like comms officer that he he's always talking to and this comms officer's got like a green alien head. By the way, all the pirate uh, they were all the pirate aliens were so fantastically designed. It was amazing. But every time they cut back to the the comms officer, you know he's just normal green headed guy. But there's one time where the fucking pirate captain spits out his coffee they cut to the comms officer he's wearing this like umbrella hat and there's like spit like falling on him no one calls it out you know what i mean i just i was like that's really funny funny. that's cool right there yeah 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 that that that's really funny and the the computer uh on the on uh, zachary fox's ship in the first episode is its name's gv and he calls um he calls uh, Zachary Fox's wife Toots at one point. It's like, hang on, Toots. I'm like, man, this is like not different time, baby. Different different time, times, yeah. but funny, but funny. Um, I love this show. It, you can watch all the episodes on YouTube. You can buy the box set. I think it's on Amazon. If not, it's available on eBay. Uh, but shit, just watch it on YouTube if you want to. And it lives on to today. I would say for a show that has 65 episodes, it's still fairly obscure. Yeah. No, it, and that's funny that you mentioned that because I had a Diallo moment, the, the moment that was just on air about 30 minutes ago where Diallo just had <laughs> – he got total recalled. And uh, I had that same moment when you know we were talking on, on our text thread as, as we're wont to do about what we're going to record next and everything. And Zach sent this over, and it's just like I'm just sitting there in my chair just like going, Ugh, like just all the memories are flooding <laughs> back to me. And I'm like, I haven't thought of this show in like – 35 years but I loved it I remember loving it as a kid and I watched this episode the the Phoenix one the first episode holy macaroni the animation from beginning to end is amazing Zach you are 100% correct this is not one of those shows like Thundercats where the main body of the show uh, does not ref- animation style does not reflect, you know, the intro or whatever. No, it was amazingly consistent all throughout, which is j- such a rare find and also should just be the reason you go out and watch it, you know, right now. Um, but you throw on top of that the awesome, awesome score, the soundtrack, the music. Um, you know, my, my jokes aside, it's a really cool song. It's It really gets you going. Um, and then the characters are really, really cool. Now, you don't really get much, you don't get to, you know, uh, get to learn much about the main Galaxy Rangers in this first episode. But I do remember no. as a kid loving that Shane Gooseman. He was also blonde, so, you know, I, I connected with that. But he also had, like, the sort of the gunslinger thing going on, which was cool. And, like, their costumes were awesome. And, like, they're, like you said, the... Like you said, the uh, the horses, the robotic horses that they that they rode on, and and we didn't see again, we didn't see them in this episode, but I do vaguely remember that they also talked to and everything, and yeah, yeah. it was just wow, yeah, again, just a blast from my past. I just, how did I forget about this show? I loved this show back in what eighty six, so I guess yeah. I was oh shit, well I guess probably why I forget forgot about it. Because I was uh, eight years old when it came out. But I do remember watching it. I do remember loving it. And, you know, this episode, the first episode, in and of itself, was great. Great humor. Like I said, I love the designs of all of the aliens. And so many 
different designs. It's not like there was like one alien type. Like there were some of them look like dino saucers, but weirdly kind of better. And like some of them look like other things, but yet they all look unique. And that's what was really cool. You got the sense that there was this galaxy out there with so many different alien races and that was really neat and then i also like the idea that this one alien race comes to us and gives us this hyperdrive that's such a that's such a concept that could be applicable nowadays like it, it again just like uh you know diallo's pick the freedom force i think this one holds up really well too you know it the, the concept at least you know so I, i'm all on board for for revisiting the series i don't remember if i watched every episode i kind of get the feeling that it might not have been on saturday mornings maybe it was a sunday cartoon no. and i might have watched it on channel 54 um for us it was during the week okay yeah, it, was it was a, a week yeah okay um yeah i i don't remember like when i watched it but like i said when zach sent that link over just the name galaxy rangers i was like oh my god i'm total recalling i'm total recalling as we speak <laughs> and yeah it was awesome and it, and it was just as awesome as i remembered and i love the humor i love the character designs i love the animation uh, i i loved everything about it it, it was amazing before Diallo uh, gives his thoughts, I just want to quickly touch on two things you said. One, um, the I highly recommend if you watch if you're not familiar with the show, if you watch the first episode, great, definitely do that. They they introduce the last uh, Rangers like the other Rangers, it, it, kind of in an outro yeah, narration. Yeah, it's it's, it's really like quick. the last two minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah, they, like they don't even really go into them, and they never really do necessarily. But watch the next episode, episode two and episode three, if you can, or just watch episode two. It it continues the storyline somewhat because again, he's looking for his wife. Um, the aliens, yeah, one of them is the uh, the Andorians and the the Kerwinians, I think. Um, the one of them looks like they look like rabbits kind of like rabbit looking type things. The other one, I'm just pondering this question that the the Andorians, I think, are like tall and bald on top or they're balding and they have yeah. hair on the sides. And it reminded me of uh, Last Starfighter. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this fascination with aliens having bald heads on top but hair <laughs> on the sides? Like, is this an 80s producer who had that same look, who's like, no, the aliens. He basically looks like Larry David smart- is what he said. Exactly. Yeah. They all yeah. look like Larry the, David. <laughs> right? The most the most intelligent aliens should look like me, damn it. And people are looking at the guy with the bald head. And no offense to anybody that, you know, doesn't have hair up there. But, but you know, they're probably looking at him like, really? Because we have these concept pictures of, like, really cool. The, have you seen the concept art? No, 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 no. Give them bald heads and hair on the sides. That looks cool. And, and to your okay. point, Zach, I always hated those alien designs in The Last Starfighter. The bald head. Me too. Especially like, with the chick. And the girls had it too. And they were like, ooh, hi. And I'm know. like, you're oh, gross. Heart. Female pattern baldness. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Not a fan. Not a fan. No offense to Zach, I'm Not 100% with you, and I back up everything you're saying. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Before I step in any more dog doo-doo, Diallo, what are your thoughts about Galaxy Rangers. Come on now. You know, you know, it was great, man. Um, Fucking great. Yeah, it, it's funny. You were you mentioned Robotech a couple times, and, and actually in my notes, I write that because for me, it's very 
it's tied really closely to what I was into at the time. So I was really into Robotech at that time. And um, Galaxy Rangers was a very close second. Um, and I think they both came on TV 44 also. I think so. Uh, yeah, Robotech was in the, or yeah, Robotech was in the Sounds afternoon for me. And then Galaxy Rangers, if I recall, for me was like in the mornings, actually. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I so. you know, I it was funny. Like I watched the pilot and, um, and I think I texted you guys because I don't think I ever watched the pilot before ever. I didn't even mm. I wasn't even aware really that he was trying to save his wife. <laughs> so in the opening of the opening sequence, I was like, I know the show pretty well. In the opening sequence, I was a little confused because he's wearing his galaxy rangers uniform and yeah I, he's and wearing they, his galaxy yeah, rangers uniform before his, they make the galaxy yeah rangers. i was a little yeah. bit confused by that too diala <laughs> his wife <laughs> looks exactly like uh nico yeah and yep. i was like what's going on? it's like it's like wait i and, and then i and i realized oh this was actually like there actually was kind of a story to that but they kind of after the i think it was at the end of the second or third episode they kind of they pretty much dropped that they just were kind of like oh yeah, yeah we're gonna keep trying to find her you know blah 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 or like get her brain waves back or whatever um so when i watched the show it was the everyday episodic stuff that was going on um but i mentioned robotech because for me i think robotech was the first uh cartoon well it wasn't the first because it was like a Japanese animation was always kind of doing this. I think uh, Star Blazers was the or Yamato was the first one that like kind of kept me enwrapped enwrapped because there was a continuing story that was going along. Yeah, but, Star Blazers is great. But yeah. Robotech actually like, you know, was really deep into it. And I think it was me kind of like really getting into this idea of continuing story. Um, and... Which, you know, again, at the time, that just wasn't a thing that happened. It was like almost everything was purely episodic. Um, yep. But Galaxy Rangers, while it wasn't quite that, one thing about the show that is the thing that stands out the most for me in my memory is obviously Goose. But there is a whole subplot with him that really is what made the show... Um, sort of like pop for me so yeah obviously he's like you know based on clint eastwood but he also i always call him the wolverine of the group which is a term like i use for like lots of different shows to <laughs> kind of the the anti-hero rogue guy that's kind of the loner but he was definitely like he was the wolverine of the group but there was this whole subplot that started to develop over time where you find out that he is what was called a super trooper and there was yes. a whole program of these um, people that were given these abilities. And he was, I think he was kind of considered the runt of the group, which is, again, kind of like um, a take on Wolverine. Um, and those characters kind of came back. So there was like this, if it was on today, that subplot would have been a lot stronger. But the little bits that we did get were really, really interesting and enough to actually keep us like kind of going, you know? That's cool. um, yeah. But I bring that up, too, because it was like he I, he he was the Wolverine of the group. 
but then they actually started to use those subplots in Wolverine in the early 90s with some of the stuff. Because like when they were mm-hmm. talking about the Weapon X program and um, he's with Sabretooth and there's a couple other ones. So it was almost like, you know, like they they did it, you know, it's like full full circle. But like Wolverine started it, but he didn't, you know, all this stuff. Anyways, that to me, um, that was like the, the major standout point for the show was that piece. Um, and I was also really fascinated, obviously, I guess if I had actually seen the pilot, again, it's, it was really hard to like catch every episode back in the day. And I haven't watched it continuously, um, since then I've seen episodes over the years, but I haven't like sat down to watch everything. Um, but I didn't really, like, I never really got, I understood their badges activated, um, their implants, but I never yes. really got to the origin of how they were all so separate. Like, so Zachary Fox, he had the blaster arm, but apparently he already had bionics before. They didn't did, really, yeah, they, was, didn't, they didn't really go into. He was injured. Yeah, because yeah, at, at the end of the episode, he was getting on the ship and he got shot in the arm. Like, okay. uh, yeah. is that what gave him? Okay, that's why they sort of yeah. replaced it. That, but I they just that didn't really old. go into it, though. They yeah. just were kind of like, oh, this will activate your implant. And it was like, wait a minute. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole thing where he gets it. Um, and uh, so anyways, but I, I, but I also, when I was watching the show back in the day, I liked that vagueness of them having i didn't quite know where they all had their separate talents um and um i don't know it just was very intriguing to me drew me in um like you said the animation something like i always knew as a kid like it was the closest thing to robotech again um at the time but watching it um over the weekend like again like you guys i was just really blown away with how in the middle of the like the actual episode was actually very well animated. And I've been I've been rewatching um, uh, show Bubblegum Crisis, uh, mm-hmm. and um, and I mean it's actually a Japanese cartoon, um, but the level of detail is is pretty similar to that that we see in Galaxy Rangers. So yeah, I just. It's it's one of those shows where like you know I, we say I say it like every episode but like man if they somehow did a remake of this like I'd be game I like a live I, I could see like a live action show build on some of the elements that they um, didn't really um, get into um, you know oh another another show that like you know kind of like I'm not gonna say steals a concept but as much as I love Firefly. Um, it takes that idea of like the Western yeah. and puts it into, into space. So yeah, that's, that's what I got to say about it. It's a, it's a great show. Lots of memories. My, my friend Max, he was the big uh, galaxy Ranger fan. And then I was like Robotech fan. And we used to like, f- like fight over if the SDF one could, could destroy whatever, or if just ship, uh, 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 Goose's ship could beat people, even though I liked both of them and somehow, but you know, you always have to like pick a side. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah, he's uh, like, and actually the times that I've watched it over the years is cause he would bring it up and then I'd like watching some episodes again. But yeah, I love just like Galaxy Rangers so great. I actually like the uh, Rangers Ride Forever song better than uh, the theme song. You actually. do really? Yeah, I really okay. do. I really do. 
Um, well, it's a bigger, bigger band doing that song too. So yeah, just like it's just it's way more like upbeat. I was like kind of like upbeat kind of songs. So yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Well, and and I will say I will say just to to go off a couple things you said in in regards to like remaking it, um, you know, if they if they were to update this show. My only request would be to carry on the storyline of him searching for his wife and have the Galaxy Rangers be a, 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 a an existing organization before mm-hmm. they even took off in their ship. So it's already established that there's this group. Maybe he's on vacation with his wife or or, you know, in this episode, he's like taking two representatives of two representatives of the alien factions uh, to a meeting or something with his family along the way. That would be just that little tidbit and keeping that storyline going maybe till like episode five. Right. And then she does die because I think it's pretty much implied that they were probably going to kill her off. She was probably going to die, perhaps, uh, but they just didn't know how to do that. And and then I I think, uh, you know, some of the chatter that I read online about this show was like, well, one thing that sets this show apart from other shows is because it didn't have a toy to tie into. Oh, and man, this kind of takes me back to the previous comment. Definitely. Pre- uh, your show. <laughs> did, wait, did, there did was they have a toys? toy line. Did, was there a toy line? There oh, was a toy line. Yeah, actually, they had toys uh, for sure. Side note, I, I sent you guys the image uh, of the toys, the action figures that they had for the toy line. If you go online and you search Galaxy Ranger toy line oh shit i remember these oh my god i'm getting total recall (laughs) total recall they go for they go for a lot of money on ebay nowadays unfortunately yeah they look like correct me if i'm wrong are they the size of like the old photon toys are they like more of like the eight or nine inch like size they look really like beefy and uh, plasticky i think they're the same size as thundercats actually okay yeah that Uh, that middle size yeah okay it's like six and a half inches maybe Um, they look they look nice and beefy you know yeah and they've got like the action to shoot things and stuff like that and they're they're cool looking for sure you know i think um one complaint that people have again going back to you know toys being the the thing that drives the the show i get that i totally i'm not disagreeing with that but what i am saying is put your mindset into a child who's watching these shows the thing they want the most is to be able to hold the heroes in their hand or villains and like continue the storylines. Yeah. Every kid does. If not, then that kid's not watching these shows. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, every kid wanted that star Wars started it and it goes on till today. So uh, I wish they, you know, brought these toys back super seven. Unfortunately, you know, like they charge exorbitant amounts of, money for their their retro line or whatever they're doing with all their toys but bring back an obscure toy line like the galaxy rangers bring the show back please do it it's so good and i'm glad you guys are in the same boat with me yeah if i was a producer and i had pull i would definitely like try to get the rights to this and and like make my own um version of it because it's just it like the the ship designs are so so that, that was, that's like, one of my notes. Diallo is uh, I love the ship designs. I love the Phoenix, uh, and although it does get destroyed, um, but I do love the two pirate ships. Uh, I loved all the the alien designs. It just it was firing on all cylinders across the board. Animation through the roof, and then on top of it, yeah, like 
I mean, people were getting blown up and zapped and, like, flying <laughs> off into space. And, like, I mean, ain't nobody getting that alien who's flying out there. He's gone, you know? So I was like, wow. Yeah. I just, I'm watching that first episode, and I'm just like, holy shit. And I was going to ask if it had a toy line, and I, I didn't remember it. And it's it's just, it's so interesting how all this plays out because, I mean, I can still remember, I think Hot Wheels had the Robotech toy line, and I, I, I didn't like it as a kid because, you know, I had my Jetfire Transformer toy and that was a Veritech fighter so I just played that as Veritech and if I could go back in time and get one toy, just one toy from my youth because I have all my Boba Fetts, I still have them but if I could go back in time and get one it would be Jetfire because I love that motherfucker and I would use him, I would turn him into Guardian mode, I would turn him, you know he was always Robotech but Zach you're right, like there was a toy line for this but I don't remember it, I guess I guess it just wasn't, it just wasn't as, what, per, it just didn't permeate Toys R Us the way these other toy lines did, you know? I guess not. I guess not. You know, you would think for a show that had 65, yeah. 65 episodes, that they, 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 they would have lasted longer. Z- Diallo just got his Jetfire toy. God damn it, I'm so jealous. I am um, so fucking <laughs> jealous of you, Diallo. <laughs> And I, I, I think, actually uh, I lived think... my life like you. I never got one as a kid, and then I saw. Actually, it was at PowerCon, the one uh, that where uh, Bodie uh, and you guys won the award, Zach. Yeah, um, our, co- our, our, our costume contest. Yeah, and I, yeah. I where I, I saw that Jetfire, and I was like, I always wanted this, and I bought it. That's so, awesome. It, it, yeah, if That's you don't awesome. mind me asking, how much do does it usually go for loose like that? How much did I actually have. I don't remember. I might have paid. I, I might have paid like eighty for it. I think that sounds sure. about right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about but right. But it was like it was completely loose and open. It wasn't yeah. in the box or anything. I don't. I don't know what it would have cost. Uh, in the I box. think in the, I think fully in the box they go for like five hundred or something, you know. But okay. yeah. Uh, but yeah, eighty for loose. But with everything, that sounds about right. And God, I want one so bad, guys and gals yeah. out there. If anyone's got one, one send it to me. <laughs> I will happily take well, it. <laughs> and I was gonna say too. Uh, I think I think Matchbox actually made the toy line, mm. the Robotech toy You're line, right. three it was, and three quarters. It was Matchbox. It wasn't. It wasn't Hot Wheels. It was. It was one of the car companies. I knew it. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It was had- Matchbox. You're right. I had their uh, I had that motorcycle though the the that Roy Foker I think would yeah, ride on. Yeah, I had that the most it, most yep. be- oh. uh, Yeah, I had that too. Yeah. And it fit the GI Joe figures because they were all three and three yeah. quarter size. And oh, that toy line was so cool, so cool. And and again, Look, kind they of had ahead the jet. of its time. They had the jet. They but, had the figures. But it could They had the. It wouldn't transform though. That was the problem. It was just no. the just the jet. And but you're but right. They, they the, were the size of GI Joe, so you could inter interplay with them. You know. Yeah, and the aliens were bigger. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. the aliens were bigger too? And oh, all those toys were so cool. Yeah, it's such a shame because you go on eBay and you live vicariously. But but the uh, but the, the the Galaxy Ranger toy line. Yeah, they had a little button in the back, the quick action yep. draw, I, oh, so every right. figure could that. have yep. the gun yep. in the holster. And they come with the horses. It is so sexist. This is one thing going back to like things that have changed between then and now. Um, you know, they didn't make the female characters and they should have, man. Like, you know, my son has an equal amount of female character, not equal, but he has female characters with his male character. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't look at him like, I'm not going to play with that because it's a girl and I can't identify. He doesn't care. No. He likes all that stuff. So bring in Nico. You know the psychic. Yeah. So uh, I, I think I think honestly I think GI Joe did a great job of making female characters super strong. You know, like really strong characters. You know, and, and they I'm, did a 
Yeah. I mean, He-Man Sorry, too. I, I mean, Evil Lynn and Teela were freaking strong-ass characters also. And obviously they did a lot more of them in, in Revelations, which I adore. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Like, you see that now, and I saw the picture. You know, you, right when you sent it, I, I looked at it, and I was like, oh, interesting. They're, they're, the female character isn't there except for the bad one, you know? I'm like, of course, of course. This was fucking the 80s. They're not gonna. They're not going to make the female character. We're lucky we got Baroness and, you know, and, and Scarlet and Lady J and, and what was the female Dreadnought's name? Uh, Z- oh, Zorana. Zorana. Yeah, yeah. We're lucky but you we got also them. had Cover Girl. Yep. You had Cover Girl. You had, um, y- you know, um, yeah, like you said, Scarlet, Lady J. Uh, and then and then Galobulus is. Um, she was right cool. Hand. I liked her a lot. She was. She was great. She was, she was hot. She was hot. She was hot and she was badass. <laughs> <laughs> she was hot. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, you're right. Like a lot of these shows, people do forget as far as representation goes. Well, first of all, G.I. Joe, I think, did a pretty damn good job of that. All things considered. I know they had like, I wouldn't even call it a token. It was nice to nice to have representation of different cultures and ethnicities, you know, and, and then the backstories. But I think that's the comic books had a big hand in that, too. When the show came out, they're like, well, if we're going to include this guy, we got to make sure he's like the, the character in the comic book or whatever. Anyways, Galaxy Rangers, watch it, live it, love it. Enough said. Yeah. Galaxy Rangers. Right <laughs> no guts, no glory. Oh, man. Yeah. Galaxy Rangers, bro. That was a great, great show. So far, two fantastic shows. Very different from one another. Very different, but 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 going from the sky to the sea. <laughs> yes, yes. Land, sky, sea. Hey, everyone. Co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us. And now I'm going to be talking about The Pirates of Darkwater, 1991. Uh, Needless to say, this was a cartoon that I absolutely loved as a kid. Um, They say people, you know, everyone goes through a pirate phase once in their life. I did too. I am just like everybody else. I went through a pirate phase as well, except mine was called Pirates of Darkwater. This is everything that I love about anything pirate related. And I, I would, I think it's safe to assume that speaking personally, I think this is now my favorite incarnation of pirates. Oh my. So the pirates of dark water is an American fantasy animated television series created by David Kirshner, who I will talk more about in a second and produced by Hanna-Barbera productions. 
The series premiered as a five-part miniseries for Fox Kids early 1991. The first season consisted of 13 episodes, including the original five-part miniseries, aired on ABC from September to December of 1991. A second season, consisting of just eight episodes, aired in syndication in the United States from 1992 to 1993. The premise for Pirates of Water is... The alien world of Myrrh is being devoured by an evil substance known as Dark Water. Only Ren, a young prince, can stop it by finding the lost 13 treasures of rule. His loyal crew of misfits that help him in his journey are Ecomancer Tula, a monkey bird niddler, and treasure-hungry pirate Ayaz. The evil pirate lord Bloth will stop at nothing to get the treasures for himself and provides many obstacles for Ren and his crew. Now, the crew, the voices, oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. So, we have Hector Elizondo as Ayaz. I mean, he, if you guys don't know who he is, he was the, uh, in Pretty Woman, he was the guy, what was he, like, not the bellhop, but, like, the head of the, the hotel, I guess. The hotel manager, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people know him as, as that. Um, we have George Newborn plays Ren. Uh, notably for me, he has a lot of, like, like he's been in uh, Scandal and stuff like that. But in Justice League and a lot of the Warner Brothers animated cartoons and in Justice, he does the voice of Superman. Really quick, Hector Elizondo was in Necessary Roughness with... Uh with Scott Bakula. <laughs> there, oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Jody Benson uh, is is uh, Tula. She's uh, like a voice acting goddess. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And and a lot of people know her. She plays Barbie in Toy Story 3. That's kind of like one of her big ones. But yeah, she's she's a huge name in, in voice acting. She's Ariel from Little Mermaid. Yeah, she is. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. Wait, what's that one? I, I, I never, never heard of that. <laughs> I mean, I actually never seen that, and nor do I want to, but I Ariel and Little Mermaid. Where the people are. <laughs> we I also want to see them dancing. Sorry, I'm sorry. You and, sorry. You and Kristen can watch that show. <laughs> I, hey, I've seen Little Mermaid. I actually like that movie. I got no beef with Little Mermaid whatsoever. So You guys have fun with your Disney movies. I'm not a fan. <laughs> we also have uh, Frank Welker. He plays Niddler. Now, this is interesting. So he didn't originally voice Niddler. Someone else did a Podcasting After Dark alumni, and I'll get to that in one second. But we do have other voices by Tim Curry, Peter Cullen, of course, Jim Cummings. These are all just like other just sort of additional voices and everything. And Richard Erdman, who if you guys ever watched uh, Community, uh, he was he was in Community, which was actually I mean a great show. But he played Leonard in that show. But he's, he's actually has a ton of voice acting roles. Um, he, he's a big name in voice acting. Um, but so many, so many names. Dan O'Hurley, O'Hurley, he's the, yeah. right, in RoboCop. He was also in uh, uh, Halloween 3. Um, I just now learned that he played Grig in Last Starfighter. I never realized it was, you know, the old man from RoboCop. Yeah. Wow, that literally just blew my mind right this second. I had no idea. But we do have some uh, Podcast After Dark alumni. We have Pepe Serrana, 
who we saw in Vice Squad. And the original voice of Midler was Roddy McDowell, who we saw in Class of 1984. So what happens is, so Frank Welker uh, basically took on the voice of Nidler, and then he also, they basically went back and replaced his voice for the the previous episodes that, that Roddy McDowell did. So he actually did it, uh, he re- redubbed the voice, essentially. And, and also, really quick, Brock Peters plays uh, Bloth, yeah. Brock Peters played uh, Cisco's dad on Deep Space Nine. Yes, and like tremendously talented actor from way back in the day to, he kill, was a in, to kill a Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, just just wanted to point that out too. Yep. And no, he it, and and he was the replacement for James Evans Jr. on Good Times. He uh, started dating Florida. Oh Evans. yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. call. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's and there's even more people in this cast. Just go to IMDb, type in Pirates of Darkwater, and just look through it. They they really pulled out all the stops. But unfortunately, you know, the, this show didn't last. And they even had a comic book. They had a video game tie-in and everything. And you know what? Toy line. Toy line. Cool toy line. I had it all. I adored this show. I love this show. I was obsessed at this point in time because of the show with like, you know, pirates and, and boats and everything. And so, you know, you mentioned the the evil Captain uh, Bloth. Um, he, his ship is called the Maelstrom. It's this giant, it's almost like a floating city where he even has like this like cage, almost like a Rancor cage from Jabba the Hutt's palace where he has these like giant serpents in there and he feeds people to it. There's even like sewers in his, in his ship because I remember one time they had to like go in through the, you know, the hole and kind of go through the sewers it's it's so cool and it like launches other boats and everything and then we have the our main characters who they're riding in uh the wraith which is another cool ass ship and you know you have like it's just i i don't even know where to begin i love the designs for all the characters it takes place on another planet so they kind of have like carte blanche to do whatever they want with it because it's not earth you know and you have all kinds of like other you think they're like alien races and everything but i think they're all just supposed to be same inhabitants of the same planet and even to the point in the first episode in the quest where he has to uh, our main character ren has to find you know basically he gets to be put has to be put on his quest he has to go find this character and it's cool because he gets there and that character isn't a human it's uh, or human-esque style like he is it's like this giant you know sort of monster thing and even that guy's like look you know there's more than just humans care about the you know this planet and like the, the where it's going and everything and i thought that was kind of like a neat little twist that they added um but for me what i just i loved about it and i think guys and gals y'all know me pretty well out there i know zach and diallo do the world that they built here it just i loved it you could tell uh, that they had they had an extensive you know Bible you know for this show going into it and that's something that that Diallo has l- taught me about I didn't I never knew about that before uh, before Diallo he taught me about how you know shows have like Bibles and stuff people write like a backstory for it and everything and this is just one of those shows where you can tell they just really thought out the world 
thought out like what you know what the factions were what the world was like what people wanted and everything like that and then when you visit those moments in the show you might not get an explanation for it but they all fit because i think the bible was just so well constructed and well made now i did say i wanted to go back to david kirshner so the person that helped create this show he produced an american tale he produced Hocus Pocus. He produced an amazing movie called Frailty. And if you guys have never seen that with Bill Paxton That's and great. Matthew McConaughey, it is such an amazing movie. And guess what? He also produced Child's Play in all the Child's Play movies. And so even now with the TV show, he still gets executive producer credit on it. So he is a powerhouse producer. And I think that that is apparent in the cast that he pulled or they pulled for this show because it is amazing. But the fact that it just, it ended, it's so short. There was so much more you could have, you know, done with it and it could have kept going. The, I remember when the Genesis game came out, I rented it. It was a side scroller, but the animation was just exquisite. And then on top of it, you have like this, ragtag group of characters you have you have Ren you have you know he's he's noble he wants to you know do do the right thing then you have Ayaz who's just like he's a pirate but of course he's going to learn and, and get better and then Tula she she's you know she's got her own motivations and everything and then like you have Niddler which is this uh, bird monkey monkey bird and he starts out as a bad guy. You like, like, so, all right, he is your typical, you know, Snarf mascot. But the difference between him and Snarf is he's not annoying as fuck like Snarf is. And, <laughs> and he's not like a perfectly good guy. Like he he's kind of out for himself and everything. And that's he wants food. He, he just wants food. And that's really I think that's really cool. Each episode, they're trying to get a new, you know, a new treasure to kind of put everything back together. Uh, you know, save the realm, yada, yada, yada. We, ne we get no conclusion to it. But. It's amazing. The first episode is is amazing. Watch the first episode. If you like what you see, move on with it. Keep going with it because it's awesome. And this was the only time in my life that I was into pirates. I mean, I liked Pirates of the Caribbean. I thought that was a fun movie. But this was a point in time where I was actually into pirates, and it's because of this show. And I just love the fantasy element of it. I love the designs of everything about it. Diallo, what are your thoughts, my man? So I think I told you I had never watched the show ever. And um, I kind of, it's, you know, the, again, I think I talked about this last week. There's like these weird shows every once in a while. I just like, I think I'm too good. Or at the time, <laughs> like a little. I'm too little, good for this, man. A little, little snooty. I think at that time, like it was 91, you said. Yeah. I was in college. It was came on in the afternoons. So I didn't like I know we didn't have cable at that time, so I wouldn't have been able to pick it up until I was at home in the summer. And I just wasn't necessarily I, I was watching more like Animaniacs or um, uh, Tiny Toons at yeah. that, in the afternoons. And that was it. Mm -hmm. um, I do. I mean, I clearly remember the, you know, the look and the advertising and seeing the commercials for it. Um, there was something about it that just didn't like make me want to watch it um uh, there was something about the color palette that was like it was so vibrant and like 
it was just it just was like kind of weird to me but i just but i also was busy doing other things so i didn't watch it fast forward to last weekend and i finally sit down to watch it and i think i texted you Corey, and i was like oh my god i've watched the opening sequence and i think i'm already in love with it (laughs) (laughs) and um they uh yeah they have it on uh, amazon and i actually i was contemplating like just getting the whole season but then i understand my understanding is that it never it just got canceled there was never which like what (laughs) like how anyways so I'm, I probably won't do that because I don't want to get like in like really into something and just kind of be left hanging. But I really like I really enjoyed. I watched the first two episodes. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, you could really tell that that sense of having built a world was there that they could expand upon. the 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 pilot was a little quick, but what are you gonna do? Thirty minute cartoon, especially at the time. You not you taking your time to tell a story in uh in the anywhere before 2019 um is like you know it's a no-no um so the way that he kind of gets set out on the adventure i felt was like a little quick but it's fine they get out there and once they're once they're there it's it's all good like just bring me the stuff um and like you said uh yeah i recognize the voices and i i didn't I recognized Brock Peter's voice like in like as he was talking. I said, like, wait a minute. That's that's my dude, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, the, the voice cast was cool. I think um, in an episode two when I was looking at it, Kate Mulgrew from uh, Voyager and yep. um, Orange is the New Black um, actually did a vo- and voice. And Remo Williams. Yeah, Remo Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. Yeah, it was cool. And again, this is another one. And I, I feel like there was talk of doing a movie or a live action remakes like maybe like eight, nine years ago or something. I can't remember. Um, cool. But um, it's this again, for me, this is another one where I could definitely see a version of this on like uh, as a Netflix series, like 10 episodes, you do the first season and maybe have three or four seasons of this show I think you could easily do that. You know, obviously you would alter the tone and stuff, but it just, it was, it was really good, really well thought out. The colors that I was, um, uh, repulsed by (laughs) at the time actually was like, what really drew me in. Um, when I, when I watched it, I think it was cause it was very saturated. I think that's the kind of like word I, I think of. And, you know, and I still, one thing I will say is that I, I still, wasn't a fan of the animation so much and putting it in the context and I we were talking about that uh like the 70s 80s and 90s show and you can really tell that this was a 90s early 90s cartoon because it had that kind of rubbery kind of uh way that they drew the characters um and like a lot of those shows like exaggerated motions as opposed to like rotoscoping like we're used to with with filmation or something yeah Yeah. like they their their proportions and the way their perspective was always kind of weird in those shows um and it was just it was kind of what was happening at the time so it just it was what it was and it wasn't like i wasn't watching other things that didn't do the same thing because i actually think like um the X-Men actually did that also. Um, so it was, you know, it's not like neither here nor there, but it just kind of like, I think it was that 
along with the um, like the super saturated um, coloring that kind of like kind of like made me not watch it originally. But um, but yeah, it's all good now. I, I just I want to I, I really do want to finish the story, but like I'm kind of hesitant because I don't want to kind of get into it and then, you know, be left yeah. hanging. But yeah, yeah. Good pick, man. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And, and Zach, before you jump in, I do want to say that one of the other things that I loved about this show as a kid, people die in it left and right, especially the like the bad guys, goons and stuff. Like if you fall into the dark water, it's kind of like the blob. It just it just consumes you and eats you. And I mean, even in the first episode, people were falling into like that molten water, whatever that was. It just it had no problem killing people. And when this show came out, I was old enough to realize how much of a big deal that was because, you know, 91, I'd already grown up on G.I. Joe and everything. And, you know, the famous, you know, all the Cobra jets explode and they always jump <laughs> out with the parachutes. And then, of course, it was a big deal when Duke took the uh, the serpent arrow to the chest with all the blood. But here there was no blood, but they had no problem killing people and no problem sort of like telling you, like, this guy's dying. You know what I mean? So that was it was pr- it's an intense show. And I've always felt even when I was a kid and I was watching it, I felt like it was even more mature than, than me. You know, like I felt like it was a more mature thing. So I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on it, buddy? Yeah, they, 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 they even killed that big creature that Ren goes to go, goes to see mm-hmm. uh, when he gets his, uh, you know, amulet. Yeah. Uh, they killed they him sh- off. They straight up stole that ship. And with no remorse, <laughs> yeah, no remorse, and that becomes their ship. Like that yeah, is their, their ship. ship yeah, forward. I was yeah, laughing yeah. at that part. <laughs> yeah, th- this show, I, I'm similar to Diallo. I passed on it back in the day. I, I was like, either thought I was too cool for it, or at the time, um, I think I wanted to watch it, and then something, either something else was on, or something turned me off. I. I kind of went on a little bit of a Hanna-Barbera hating phase at the time that now I look back and like, whatever, I was too cool for school because uh, Hanna-Barbera was like bugging me. I didn't like, I felt like Hanna-Barbera was always uh, overshadowing filmation and I was such a filmation mark where I was like, no, that company's not as good as filmation, you know? <laughs> what did Yogi so, Bear anyways, do maybe, to you? <laughs> maybe that's why and I, and i think uh you know the fact that this this show had so much going for it uh the fact that it didn't move past 13 episodes is a shame because i easily would watch this show now i will watch all 13 episodes now i'll dive in and watch the whole damn thing um it's a bummer because it's got so much potential forget pirates of the caribbean give me this shit you know this is like Waterworld meets, uh, you know, the fantastical, uh, otherworldly planet shit. I love it. Did someone and say Waterworld? I did. I did, yeah. I did that for you. Yellow perked I did up. That for you. I did that for you. Um, maybe because the voice acting, because the the cast was so phenomenal, maybe the show was over budget and they couldn't afford it. Who knows? Who knows? Um, the toy line was super cool, by the way. They, they again, they didn't have the female characters, but uh, they they had majority of all the characters, and they they looked just like they did in the cartoon. Um, I didn't play the video game, but I will now. 
courtesy of my RetroPie. Yeah, do you do you uh, have it on there? Is it on there? Oh, it's on there. Yeah, I looked and it's on there. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah, I love it. I love the darkness of it. I love that so many characters die just easily without exp- not without explanation, but just like, you know, they're just killing people left and right, so to speak. And it's so well done, and and it looks cool. And the main character, Ren, oh, Ren, he looks like, you know, he's unique looking. He's not dorky looking. Um, it is kind of funny that he's got, like, a Jim Cotta bar inside, a Jim Cotta bar inside his lighthouse in the <laughs> yeah. first episode that yeah. he's doing, like, a, you know, I'm like, oh, shit, just like Jim Cotta. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I Yeah, it's a bummer I missed it back in the day. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad you brought it to the table because uh, now I can watch the whole show. And yeah, Bodie Bodie did like this. One. I was I was gonna say what it, what was Bodie's thoughts on this one? Uh, he he loved it. He's like, this is cool. I, it, I mean, there were moments when we're like, uh, you know, when when Ren's battling the different uh, pirates on the stairs, and he takes the, the the bow and arrow from one of them and starts using it and. I mean, that's all Bodhi's steez. Like, Bodhi's, like, super into bow and arrows and weapons and stuff like that. So he's like, oh, cool, look at, oh, oh, you know. I said, what do you think? And he's like, this is good. This is really good. And I go, yeah. This is good. This and he's like, don't tell Uncle Diallo. Don't tell Uncle Diallo I gave him a 2.5 on his show. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. It's 1978. So you get a pass. Uh, that that makes right. me happy. I'm I'm glad Bodie liked this one. I, I can see why. I mean, it's, it's more mature, and I think he probably, he, he might have, tapped into that you know and it's it's fun it's a it's a swashbuckling adventure and i just i i freaking loved it and i'm happy to say that i think it holds up really really well um going into my final thoughts on on all three shows um freaking freedom force i just i thought that that it's just there's a place for that now i really think that you know what no i i take that back the world needs something like Freedom Force now. I think I think kids nowadays need something like that that gives a moral and like has a positive mes- message. I loved the animation of Freedom Force. I love filmation. I think it's amazing, and I love the message that it gives. Uh, Galaxy Rangers. Oh God, that just that took me back. I, I totally forgot about that show, and I'm so happy to remember it. And as soon as we get off of this, uh, t- you know, th- this call tonight, this this recording, uh, before I go to bed, I'm gonna pop that on 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 YouTube, and th- that's what I'm gonna fall asleep to tonight. I'm gonna watch Galaxy Rangers because I think it's amazing. Uh, and then I'm just glad you guys liked Pirates of Darkwater, and I'm glad that I felt like it held up as much as I remembered it. I thought it was awesome. Um, you have. If you're going to watch it on YouTube, you have to pay for it. So you have to see it on Daily Motion for free. They have it there for free. But honestly, you know, watch the first episode. I post the link. I posted the links on our Patreon page on in it for free, so you don't have to be a Patreon to see it. Um, and I think if you like the first episode, yeah, maybe go and, and buy the whole thing on Amazon or something because it's worth it. It's a damn good show. Pirates of Dark Water was, I think, ahead of its time. Actually, I think all three of these shows were ahead of its time, and I think all three of them hold up well today, and I think there's a place for all three of them today. I don't know which one's my favorite because I love them all for different reasons and i think they were all amazing so thank you guys thank you uh diallo for freedom force and thank you zach for galaxy rangers uh diallo what are your thoughts my friend on on all these three uh yeah obviously i love uh freedom force i um you know it's funny again in my 
in my memory, it was it went on a lot longer than I than I thought it did. Um, There's only five episodes, but again, um, it just there was Pirates definitely... of Darkwater went on longer than I thought it did. <laughs> right. You know, and, and you know, and as we were talking about it, obviously it it had an impact on me because I uh, destroyed my Luke Skywalker figure to make a Hercules figure. So I definitely right. uh, um, really loved the show. Um, Obviously, Galaxy Rangers is, um, again, it's one of my all-time favorite cartoons. Um, so it's really good to go back and look at that um, through the lens of TV Obscura, actually. Um, it's because I, I actually was able to, like, kind of think about it more while I was watching it instead of just kind of enjoying it as it is. Um, and Pirates of Darkwater, uh, again, I'm so glad that you guys bring these shows to the table and I get to watch stuff that either some I somehow missed or like I turned my nose up at or whatever <laughs> and uh and I'm watching now and just kind of like I mean I literally I mean even Corey I texted you and I was like it's like oh my god I think I'm in love <laughs> <laughs> yeah buddy <laughs> um yeah it's really I mean it's really it's it's uh, and it may it, it makes me kind of it makes me sad that like it didn't get to do it. You you just you see it there. You see that there's this whole and I think that's what I was picking up on when I was watching the opening sequence that you could see that there's this whole big arc that could have taken place. And I, you know, takes me to like um, Avatar, the last airbender or something where. Oh, yeah, totally. From the start, you can tell that it's going to be this whole thing. You don't. It doesn't get to quite where uh, like you think it will go, like Avatar, until it gets like further into the show. Um, but imagine if Avatar had have ended in the first season and we never got the last two seasons, how empty you would feel. I'm going to get that sense with, um, with Pirates. I really feel like, oh, man, this could have really been great and epic and it would have built on itself and probably gotten them more serious as it went along Um, and then um but anyways uh i hope that somehow it gets remade i hope i come across a hundred million dollars so i can like green light a few of these shows (laughs) (laughs) you and me both buddy (laughs) uh zach what are your final thoughts on all three of them bud all three shows are distinctly different uh, in, in a good way. And, you know, tonally, I guess, Galaxy Rangers and Pirates tend to lean more in the darker realm. Uh, Freedom Force is fun, and it's relatively mindless uh, with a nice moral saturn message at the end or throughout, which is a good thing. Uh, and, you know, Galaxy Rangers it's the theme song that is what makes the show the show in my opinion uh and then dark water yeah it's like a it's one of those like what if what what could have been uh what what still could be so maybe it'll get turned down you know uh repackaged down the road who knows why not um i'm glad i watched all three it's nice when we can watch shows that are distinctly different yeah. uh in in tone I'm looking forward to doing a future animated one where maybe it's like three variations on the same concept. That could be interesting. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe. 
Hmm. I don't know. That's something that's just popped in my head. Zach is hmm. ripping oh. off. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, um, I I'm like, ponder. oh, Diallo will do Groovy Ghoulies, and uh, I'll do Monster Force, and then uh, Corey will do like some another monster show. Who knows? But um, I, I'm happy Toxic that Crusaders. we brought these. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm happy that we brought all these to the sh- all, all these to the table, uh, and I will continue to watch all of them. Yeah. And I'm hoping everyone listening will continue to watch. Uh, by the way, if you go looking for Pirates of Dark Water, it's like 22 bucks for the DVD on Amazon. Uh, Freedom Force, I'm sure you can find like the compilation on eBay. But then Galaxy Rangers is like kind of the the holy grail. It's like goes for hundreds of dollars on um Damn. at least volume volume two volume one is kind of out of print volume two is still out there uh sparingly but don't don't waste your money just watch them on youtube <laughs> yeah wait, wait wait till it'll get re-released you know it will yeah. it'll get re-released down the road yeah no yeah yeah check check them out check them all out they're all amazing and while you're out there checking things out why don't you check out the first noel chronicles uh diallo why don't you tell us about that one buddy first noel chronicles it is a story about the mythical very first christmas why we celebrate at that time of year it is uh lord of the rings meets christmas takes place in a faraway land called Atalan, once united. Um, and it's uh, um, really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, just started uh, uh, working on, you know, I kind of vaguely talk about it, but sometimes, uh, the you know, the last uh, few months have been hectic and stressful and everything but i've actually um i think i've gotten recentered and um officially have been um going back to my notes and starting on this next chapter seven and um hopefully i'll be having it out on a bi-weekly schedule because the weekly schedule was killing me um <laughs> buddy Jaffiel. yeah uh, but uh it's a but again it's just like i love I love personally love the story and hopefully as more comes out, people will have the same love for it that I do and get to see where it goes. And um, yeah. And they can also read it chapter by chapter, right? Yeah. It's uh, the trap. The print version is on Kindle Vela. Uh, It's an application. Kindle started in July of last year where um, sort of like it's, for serialized storytelling so you can put short stories chapters whatever i use chapters of my book um and then i also read that so it's as an audio uh book version of um for my podcast um so i've been doing i was doing them simultaneously and that's kind of what was (laughs) killing me (laughs) that's a lot of work buddy (laughs) yeah it was a lot of work i was very ambitious about it but i I mean when i say it was killing me i I, like i'm almost serious like i just i was exhausted i was so exhausted i couldn't function um but I kind of recentered and I kind of got in a schedule and I started working again. And it's just one of those things where it just really lights me up when I think about it. So um, I just uh, like writing these next, uh, even the first opening lines just gets me like, oh, okay, here we are again. Here, here are these guys. Uh, 
So my characters, Brid and Wilts, as they go through their adventures and they're going to meet up with some folks and things get dark and maybe people die. I don't know. Oh, my. Oh, my. Like, pirate, like I'm Pirates of Dark Water. <laughs> yeah. You are now Pirates of Dark Water. <laughs> and as always, I will have uh, links to all of Diallo's shows and, and comic books like Angela in the Dark uh, in, in the show notes. Uh, Zach, my man, what is going on at $2 late fee uh, this week? So as next week, essentially, what's going on right around uh, February? Oh, well, we just dropped our interview with Barry Bostwick, a.k.a. Ace Hunter from Megaforce, Brad Majors uh, from uh, Brad Majors. Yep. From uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The mayor from Spin City. (laughs) Yes. If you want to feel good. I actually like Spin City back in the day. I used to watch that show. And and I I love Megaforce and Rocky Horror, but I always weirdly think of Barry Bostwick from Spin City. He's great, and having him on the show was huge. Um, I'm not gonna lie; it was a real, it was a real challenge to get him on, but we got him on. He was wonderful. One of one of my maybe, if not the favorite interview I've ever done. Uh, he, the guy is is everything you'd expect and more. It's hilarious. Speaking of Christmas, uh, we interviewed him around the holidays, so we opened the show. He came on to promote a movie. <laughs> A movie that uh, I enjoyed I, called Single for the Holidays. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, when I, I, I said, you're in a movie called Single for the Holidays. He goes, I am. <laughs> like, he didn't even really. <laughs> honestly, he didn't even really care about that. Uh, he loved talking about Megaforce, though. A lot. Of, if you're a fan of Megaforce, if you're a fan of cult movies, if you're a fan of like, if you just want to laugh, listen to it. Because he the guy tells some crazy fun stories. So we got that going on. And uh, yeah, two dollar late fee continues to churn out one interesting interview after another. We've got some people down the pipe, uh, people that everyone's going to enjoy. But we'll save that for later. Nice, nice. I love. What it. do you got going on? And cut right, <laughs> cut right. A Seinfeld podcast. Well. Adam and I are barreling towards the end because we are about, I'd say, what, a third of the way through season eight right now, which is crazy because there's only nine seasons. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that show for a while now, guys. Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I'd love me some Seinfeld. You know, so and we're also taking uh, tackling Curb Your Enthusiasm on the Cartwright Patreon. But uh, on the Podcasting After Dark Patreon, Zach and I are tackling the entire catalog, the entire filmography of John Carpenter. As Zach mentioned it earlier, it's called The Carpenter Factor. It's under our Autour de Force tier, a.k.a. what used to be the interviews after Dark tier. We are now releasing the interviews out, out on the free feed, and uh, we're replacing that tier with uh, with this uh, John Carpenter series, which, you know, if you guys listen to the first episode, you'll hear like what was the, the inception behind it and everything. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't have any more new interviews coming we are actively pursuing new interviews and they will hit patreon first before they hit the free feeds but we do have two years so we're kind of just chilling a little bit and we're focusing on the john carpenter series so we as of right now listening we kicked off uh, with dark star a movie that uh zach had only seen once way back in the day and i had never seen and i think we were both pleasantly surprised by how uh funny it was and uh this month in 
February, Zach and I will be tackling Assault on Precinct 13. So the idea behind the series is that we're going to go through every single one of his movies in order, including uh, his two made-for-TV movies, including his two episodes of Masters of Horror, and we are hoping to decipher what it is that we love about our one of our favorite auteurs, a.k.a. The Carpenter Factor. What is The Carpenter Factor? So that's what we're hoping to find out with the series, but regardless, we're going to tackle it all and essentially zach and i uh planned it out it's exactly two years so it'll be a two-year mini series once we're done once 20 you know 24 january 2024 we will come out with a whole new uh uh tour we'll have to we'll track a new tour but for now we have two years of john carpenter that also means we're going to revisit prince of darkness and the thing uh in order um so yeah so we hope you guys like it we hope you guys check out our patreon patreon.com slash podcast after dark and uh we love and appreciate every single one of you you all love tv obscura you guys have been listening to it you guys have been you know telling other friends and family about it and we know we can tell because we see the listens go through the roof the downloads whatever you want to say so thank you all so much for listening to podcast after dark for to li- listening to tv obscura for listening to interviews after dark and thank you so so much for listening to our friends like diallo's the first noel chronicles and listening to two dollar late fee we know that you guys are going over there and we thank you so so much and please also check out all of the shows on the bfop network talking back action action blast from our past podcast throwback trivia takedown cartwright a seinfeld podcast and of course people don't forget we have a blast and it's all nostalgic based so thank you all so so much and as always, Rangers are forever. <laughs> On the flip side. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Podcasting After Dark.